conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What's up? Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. A beautiful weekend. Uh, getting a little bit of paint all over me. It's been a phenomenal time. I love I love DIY. Can't wait to own a home someday. Come on, buddy. Anytime. You can stay here as long as you want, as long as you're knocking out projects. Perfect. Sounds great. Provide the beer and the pizza and I'll be good. Good to go all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh how's your weekend my friend it was good good um the the summer days are waiting which means students are back in my town which means the town's a lot busier so um living in a college town is great when students are gone because it's just empty but yeah students are back so it is what it is welcome back students Congrats, yeah, welcome back. getting the kids back out of the house. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, um, outside of the weekend, we had a great week last week. Brandy Canale debuted on uh, on the show uh, as our co-host. So really good episode. We dove into a lot of the industry news, uh, such as fundraising. And then, of course, uh, some Airbnb policy changes that were sprung on to us that morning. Um, so that was really fun to cover. And then this week we have a special guest who is the founder of Minoan. So Mark is going to be joining us here shortly in a couple seconds or maybe a minute, um, give or take. And uh, really excited to jump into his background with e-commerce and then, of course, retail and now short-term rentals and combining all three of them. Uh, but not to give it away, next week is going to be really fun because we'll have Jamie Lane joining us from AirDNA. So we finally are at the point where Good Morning Hospitality is prepped enough where we can announce what's coming on the episode. So uh, that's always exciting because usually we don't know what we're talking about until the day before or the morning of. We let the news cycles decide, Will. It is by design. Amen. Amen. That's the whole point of the show. I love my job and 
every Sunday morning going through all the articles. But yeah, next yeah. week's actually a perfect time to have Jamie on as well because Darm is going on this week and yep. there's probably lots of news and revenue management updates that uh it can be shared so yeah excited to see what jamie brings next week 100 percent, i couldn't agree more um so without further ado let's welcome mark to the stage and jump right in mark hey, hey. welcome to the show thanks for having me of course of course thanks for joining us uh we're excited to not only have had you on slick talk once but now to bring you on to good morning hospitality uh you've been making your rounds which i love it uh just kidding we invited you here because it just made sense um but before we jump into certain discussions and conversations throughout the uh the episode if you could for our audio listeners and our live viewers right now could you do a quick introduction give us a you know, 60 second background of where you came from and what you guys are doing today. Yeah. So my background's in retail, uh, e-commerce specifically. So I was an early employee at a company called jet.com founders sold that business to Walmart for 3.3 billion. I then worked at Walmart for two years, uh, working on the stores or getting more familiar with the store side of the business. So working in Bentonville, Arkansas, doing sourcing trips to China, um, had a, had a realization that the best product experiences don't actually happen on screens the way they do in e-commerce. They don't happen on shelves the way they do in a Target or a Walmart, despite the fact that that's where 99% of retail occurs. It is on screens or shelves. Um, I had my own experience at a, at a short-term rental where, you know, I w- like slept on a mattress that was incredible, like uh, really enjoyed the cock machine I was using in the kitchen and some of the appliances and realized there's like a lot of value in those moments you know, and brands want to create those moments and they're spending all this money on Facebook and Google to create those moments. But what about the moments that actually happen in the real world in these spaces? And, um, basically just did some analysis. I was like, okay, well for brands to really capitalize for brands to feel good about that, you need to have some sort of data you can share back like around clicks, conversion, customer pathing sales. And so, um, we built basically an entire tech platform where uh, hosts and hospitality groups can establish brand partnerships and procure brands to bring them into their spaces and then make them shoppable to guests. And, and the whole idea really is, you know, the traditional term in hospitality is at Bethany and OSE. I think when you talk to hosts, it's more just furnishing, but it's about yeah. turning that line from a cost center to a line that g- generates revenue. So it's like, well, if you're buying a mattress, you know, and then you're selling those mattresses and you're getting commission every time, you know, if, if you sell three mattresses over the course of four or five years, that mattress pays for itself. And so it's like, okay, well, what, can you do that for every line item? And I'm, I'm probably over a minute, so I'll stop myself, but that's sort of the, what's behind what we do. Yeah. We dive into the financials on, on it. So if I'm a host, I've got just one property, uh, how would it? I work with Minoan. So you would apply to be on the platform. Um, we approve, basically what we're looking for is hosts who uh, take furnishing their property seriously. So it's not uh, all furniture from like the 70s that their grandparents had, like that they really want to deliver a hospitality experience. 
if you're approved, you get access to the platform. You'd have discounts from 200 brands, everyone from like Article, West Elm, Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, Caraway, Public Goods, OXO, you know, everything from the kitchen, living room, bathroom. Um, and then once you buy everything, we basically pipe everything into a shoppable experience. It's almost like you can think of it as like a Shopify store that's tailored to your property with images from your listing and the actual products. And we'll send you one of these little things that you can set up and then guests will scan it and then they can browse and buy the products that they're actually using during the stay. So for you, it's just one place where you can buy products all in one place, see tracking, see how much you're saving and then see the commissions you're collecting basically as we sell things. So it's a partially a place to purchase items at discounts and then partially a place to monetize items purchased. Yeah. I mean, we think it's all connected. Basically our perspective is if you're a hospitality professional, you're creating really meaningful moments and, um, you know, those moments are, are priced in the market. You know, we, we all think of ourselves as playing in the experience economy and we are, um, but there's also the attention economy, which is just as large, if not larger. I mean, the, the monopoly on the attention economy is Google and Facebook who print tens of billions of dollars every, every quarter. Um, we think there's a subprime attention crisis, basically meaning that the value of that attention on Instagram or Facebook is not nearly as high as it's priced and that the real value of attention is in these intimate moments that you're providing. So that's why we connect the both, both sides. We shouldn't agree more on that one. It's not priced in. It's not priced in. So you're paying too much for what you're buying and you're not getting credit for those moments on the back end. And so that's why we do the two, um, together, but we really focus on the procurement sort of upfront and making that as easy as possible. Like, like the amount of, it doesn't matter how sophisticated the hospitality, you know, it's one host or a property management group with a hundred properties or hotels that have hundreds of properties. It just seems like everyone's tracking things in Google sheets <laughs> or yeah. emailing reps to order stuff. And it's like, you know, tech, technology can be used to make that much smarter, much more seamless and easier. And so that's sort of where we we're focusing right now. And then the shoppable retail side sort of just like, like gravy on top. It's like free money. So why short-term rentals and not hotels? We're starting with short-term rentals. I mean, we do work with hotels. We work with probably 50 or 60 boutique hotels. Um, but focusing on short term rentals, because I think that hotels for the most part, kind of like know their worth, you know, like if you're in hospitality, like you're negotiating pretty dirt cheap prices for your soaps and shampoos. Um, you're already kind of aware of those moments and, and pricing those in, uh, are you buying them in a very efficient way? And are you, are you monetizing the back end with retail? Usually not, but with hosts, when we look at hosts are like, oh. Like they're paying too much. They don't realize it basically. Like hosts, hosts aren't aware of the power and the value of those moments. So we're really focusing there. Cause I think there's more like, like coaching to be done there and, and helping unlock the potential. But um, we'll start to focus more on hotels uh, down the road. We, we build out the platform more, make it more flexible. Yeah. We had a guest on maybe three or four weeks ago, Mike Baxter. 
who <clears throat> saw a similar problem and ended up just making his own furniture company, like taking it to the next level of we want high-end furniture at dirt cheap costs and can't get that unless you're actually doing it yourself. So yeah, Blue Ground um, does that. I mean, Soho House, I think also does that. So that that's, that's common. Um, for us, I think it depends on your scale and size, but then you get into logistics. So then you, you're taking on more logistics, uh, which if you have a competency and you can, if you're like, we think we can do that and do that well, it makes sense. For the boutique hotels, like 20, 30 rooms, typically they're not doing that. So they'll, we'll work with them. Well, boutiques are the bread and butter too. Yeah. I was going to say from the operation standpoint, like hosts don't know how to organize things into one playbook or to one center, like, especially if you're a one-off host, right? Like two properties, three properties, whatever. But the like boutique side, I remember like us trying to track our inventory based on different mattress providers, especially if you're independent, you're not like with a brand, there's no one giving you this like standard guidebook saying like, here you go, like just do this. Um, it's really important that like the tracking, I think implement is there as well as like the cost savings, just knowing that you can order everything in bulk. I, I think when you and I talked once before, there's like a checklist, right? You can copy and paste. So if you have a simple design, for multiple properties, let's say you have a multifamily, you know, unit, um, you can copy and paste that right for each order. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you're, if you're furnishing like a two bedroom from scratch, you need to order 180 items. <laughs> yeah. Like the kitchen alone is like 50. I mean, it's like silverware, flatware, pots, pans, glasses, wine glasses, uh, regular glasses, appliances, colanders, spatulas. So yeah, so so for us, it's like here's what you need to buy. Here's Here's a bunch of different options of places you can buy it from. Here's what we can save for you. Here's when it'll be delivered. Here's how much you'd save. You know, it's like, it basically just allows you to stay on time and on budget, which is hard to yeah. do if you're doing it in a very fragmented. Especially in like, email and text. Yeah. Yeah. The, the issue with hotels that I saw, because we started with hotels, is like GM turnover is a problem for a lot of hotels. And a lot of this information is in the mind of the GM where the GM wants yeah. to put their own, you know, I worked with this sheet, you know, I worked with this linen company and they're great. So I'm going to move them here. And it's like, yep. I remember talking to, I won't name names, but I remember talking to a hotel and just trying to get a sense of like what they need in their inventory. And then, and like, they're like, I don't know, Jack, you know, Jack did all that and he left. So I don't know where, you know, what, <laughs> and it's just like, um, you know, yeah, having all this in a tech, in a system, where there's continuity, you can see how much you order. You can see, you know, that, that's, that, that really, it's just an organi organizing principle that, that can really take yeah. you far. It's, it's funny that Will, your, your first thought was towards organizing the operations where mine was the exact opposite side of the marketplace, which is like, how do I monetize my spoons? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the coffee that you put in there. Right. Or the, like. I don't, I've never understood why someone would buy a mattress without trying it first. I blows my mind that people would just order one online, but they do, but like putting it in on, on one or two occasions in my life, I've actually lifted up the sheets at a hotel and been <laughs> like, what kind of mattress is this? Um, and it was similar with coffee. Like this coffee is delicious. Where do I get mm -hmm. it? Um, but funny that will operationally you're you're like in 
Dude, exactly. That's a nerd now like, ever excuse. <laughs> yeah, well, you can save time and that saves you money on the operation side. And then if you can monetize monetize it on the front end, like you're saving on both sides, which is great. Um, I I personally like that. So like the one thing I've been thinking about since like the last year or so, I wouldn't say COVID in the beginning time, but now the way that we are now, the way I see travelers is they want options, right? Like they want to either choose if I can do self-check-in or if I want to go actually talk to somebody and have that human interaction, right? Like they want to be able to pick that. I think the same thing if they're in a good unit, right? If they're, whether it's a boutique hotel or short-term rental, a, a big vacation, single family home, like whatever it might be, um, they want to have that option, right? Like they won't, don't want to have to like message the guest and it saves you time as a host, right? Like you're getting a, five messages from the guests in the morning saying, Hey, really enjoyed my night's sleep and the coffee and the shampoo in the bathroom. Where do you get all this stuff? Like that saves you so much time. If you have that opportunity to have it just there, it may not happen every stay, but if you can have that option there, I think options in general, just having any type you're, of thing there, like it's super you're all catching guests when they're spending money. Like when I'm yeah. at home, I try not to spend money at all. Yeah. When I'm traveling. It's like, yeah, I'll take that. I want this. Give me that. So it's, it, you're, you're catching them in a buying state of mind, not a money saving state of mind. There's so many with, without exposing my inner geek too much here. Like there are so many psychological principles that make you trying products in a short-term rental or a hotel room, the best by the book, by the research, it's the best environment for, for shopping. Like, um, and a big piece of this is this concept called psychological ownership, which is, you know, there's like legal ownership, which means you legally own something. There's psychological ownership, which means you feel like something is yours. You can have one and not the other. You can buy, you know, right after, well, when you do buy, you know, your home and you legally own it for the first couple of weeks, it's not going to feel like your home. <laughs> you'll have psycho, you'll have legal ownership and not psychological. And then like your office chair at work. You can feel like it's yours psychologically, but you don't own it in, in, um, retail or, or just in like consumer behavior, psychological ownership is really important. It drives a lot of our behavior. When you feel like you own something, uh, from a retail perspective, you, you're willing to spend more on it. Um, your conversion rates much higher. Your like likelihood of remembering that experience is more is higher. Mm -hmm. And so in these Airbnbs or these hotel rooms, like you've paid to be there. So when you're in that property, like it does feel like everything's yours. You're like, no, this is my bed. This is my mm -hmm. TV. This is my, these are my appliances. Um, and so they're prime, prime, prime. And, but like, it's a gold mine for these brands. It's like, this is where you want to be, you know, Instapot, Keurig, whoever, this is a perfect environment for you. Um, it's also a story. Like, where did you get that couch? Oh man, I was staying at this place in Nashville and I saw that I, this was in my unit. I loved it. Had to have it. Right? Yeah, exactly. We love yeah. that. I mean, we are the storytelling animals, right? Like we love being able to tell, you know, where I got this from, where I got that from. So th there's a lot, I mean, we are just scratching the surface on the shoppable side. I mean, really one thing we've realized is that they're connected. So it's easier to like help people purchase upfront and pick the right products and then pipe them in. So we've been more focused on, and the more we're getting into procurement, we're like, okay, this should, this could be way easier. Like we, we yeah. let's just build a system here that works, but the shoppable side is like, 
I think it can really change the economics of running a hospitality business. Um, you know, we, we call that native retail. It's like you shop in a native environment. There's no salesperson over your shoulder, just you and the product and the space. And we think that could really transform the experiential economy. And there's lots of, um, there's lots of things you have to test and try and to, to get there, but we, you know, we're, it gets, obviously I'm waxing on here. We're, we're very excited about trying it out. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, for, for what you guys do and just saying like, you're scratching the surface of the shoppable side from a host standpoint, like with everyone that you work with, like, what are the top, I guess, statements or comments, or even just questions people ask when they're using Minoan, because I think, you know, when it comes like, what are you guys seeing? Actually, this is a better question is that we can see it from a news side, from an industry, like from what we see on our socials, but you guys are seeing it from the people that are you usually the boots on the ground, right? Like if you're, yeah, like 60 boutique hotels, but like the host side versus like the hotel side, what are you guys seeing happening with this? Like, do you have any numbers or even just like, you know, trends that you're seeing change throughout this like user group that's on your guys' platform? Yeah, there's some interesting like uh, product category level insights we have. Like um, we have a lot of people who come and buy beds from us because they bought like cheap bed frames on Wayfair Amazon and then like they broke or they got a really bad review. I mean, what we see a lot is a, a something purchase that doesn't hold up or isn't good triggers a bad review. The bad review triggers some urgency and people are like, we need, <laughs> we need new outdoor furniture. We need, uh, beds is a big one. So like we see it's sort of like buy nice or buy twice, like get a nice sturdy bed. Um, we sort of, what we've learned and what we're now sharing out with hosts is there's three places where you really want to invest. And it's anywhere someone sits, sleeps or eats. Um, cause people are going to be different. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said, I thought that last one was going to be different. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be the three yeses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one too. I mean, we sell bidets and uh, all sorts of stuff, but, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, those are the, those are the places those are the places where it's worth like get a nice sofa. Um, doesn't mean like spend $5,000 on a sofa, but it does mean like, don't, don't get a really, really cheap one that feels like you're sitting, you know, on a reinforced cardboard box with some upholstery on it. So, so those are, those are kind of some rules of thumbs on the conversion side. I mean, let me pull up, we have a Slack channel where we get the, the customer orders basically like come through here. And so we're selling here's some, uh, comforters and pillows. Those are big. We always sell those. Yep. More comforters, more pillows. This is uh, public good soap and shampoo. So we do sell soaps and shampoos a lot as well. Makeup towels. That's kind of an interesting one. So someone came in and bought soap, shampoo, makeup towels. They probably so had, uh, they probably had a bad experience of someone, uh, falling asleep with their full face, their on. face off. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The, the makeup rags always have to be black. Yeah, they yep. do. Exactly. We, yep. we yep. recommend, uh, host buy makeup towels. It's worth it. Cause it's worth the day. Yeah. You, you, I just like, I mean, even at home, like, you know, my, uh, fiance sometimes uses makeup and it's like when we have a white hand towel that has a little splotch on, it's like, okay, well, um, we're <laughs> not quite anymore. Yeah. Um, um 
We're, well, we're selling all sorts of stuff. Mattresses. I'm just scrolling through it. Mattresses, pool floats, um, ceramics. Yeah. Plates and mugs. So it's, uh, it's interesting. You, you sit like, you never know where inspiration is going to strike on the property. The weirdest one is we had someone order a bunch of hanging hooks. So someone ordered these like kind of unique looking hanging hooks that they installed in the doorway that you'd hang shirts mm -hmm. on. And yeah, someone bought like four of those. I was like, well, I'm, I was on the, I was like, I was borderline whether or not we even add these. I was like, are we going to add these? It's <laughs> kind of a weird thing to put in there. And then lo and behold, you know, um, so, so there's really just in the past 12 months, I'd say four or five other companies, maybe not direct competitors, but playing in the same space. One, why do you think so many people kind of came to the same conclusion at the same time? And two, what's, what's different about Minoan than the, the four or five that, that, uh, I think both of us kind of know the names of. Yeah. I think that a few things have driven the interest here. Obviously, the short-term rental industry has been on a tear. And that's, that's not just attracting more businesses, but it's also, as you guys know, attracting a lot of institutional money. Like there's lots more institutional money flowing in the short-term rentals than before. Um, and I think on the like shoppable side, you have to understand what brands are going through right now. So it's, it's really hard for brands to get in front of people right now. I mean, basically what you've had in retail is the barriers to entry have dropped because of Shopify. It's really easy to build a, a site and take payments because of, uh, AliExpress or fair or abound. It's easier to source wholesale products because of ship Bob and other companies. It's easier to have third-party logistics and get two day shipping. So because the barriers to entry have dropped. You, the market gets flooded with new entrants. And so like, look at the mattress category as an example. 10 years ago, there were like 10 mattress in a box brands. There were like probably 20 mattress brands. There are, I read a report the other day that said there are 400 mattress in a box brands now. And if you go on Instagram and you click, go like go to- Click on any one and you'll be followed by all of them. For a second, the pixel will fire. So Instagram will be like, oh, this person's in the market for a mattress. And you will see all 400 <laughs> within an hour. So our, so our Instagram feeds are very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm on this. I'm always I'm always on the lookout for brands that I think would be good for hosts. So I get bombarded by all sorts of uh, uh, brands okay. on Instagram. But the other thing is that the, the market's been flooded and it's all going towards Facebook and Google. Like that's the easiest way to get in front of people now, you know, back 50 years ago, it's like, we got to run an ad campaign and do billboards. It's like, no, I can have very, I don't need a ton of money to just run a hyper-targeted ad campaign and see how it performs. And so what's happened in retail in the last 10 years is like, man, just getting in front of somebody and saying why our product is different. It's like those 400 mattresses, like they're all soft. They're all comfortable. They're all good for back sleepers and side sleepers. You know, what, what is the difference? How do you really know? And so I think that's, what's attracted. Well, maybe I'm like taking my own perspective and putting it on, but that's what for me was like the power dynamics are shifting here a little bit. Like, um, brands need to find ways to get in front of people where the best place is to get in front of people in these incredibly euphoric, unique experiential 
environments. Um, I think, so I think that's the interest here. And I think it's good that there's lots of companies going after that. I mean, if you look at any big shift, um, in history, like look at the e-commerce boom, there was lots, you know, Amazon came out alive, obviously with like majority share. I think they have like 50% of e-commerce sale, but they were not the, the only ones, uh, there was web grocer, there was pet there's lots of companies doing it in different eBay. Yeah. Doing it in different categories. You look at, uh, payments, like I'm reading a book about PayPal right now. It's like, yep, there was like 20 companies trying to do that online this one? back in the, yes. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. That's, uh, wow. Yeah. That's what I'm reading right now. It's <laughs> like, it's like, I think it's good to have a lot of companies innovating and working on this stuff at the same time. It'll just drive, uh, progress. And I think giving host options is a good, you know, a competition is a good thing. I really do not to get into my economic philosophies here, but I think it's yeah. good to have lots of companies trying to market awareness helps. And if you end up having the better product or what people need, then they're going to find you. It's, uh, if you're swimming in your own lane for too long, you're probably crazy. Uh, yeah. So, well, my, absolutely. my thinking is, is like the, the short term rental hosts, I think when they get started right with one unit, whether it's a family's property or they just do arbitrage or whatever, or they bought a home, like they don't really know where to start. And so they just grab a bunch of random shit and put it into the house and try to make it look good and, and work. I think, a, you know, platforms like yours and like the other four or five that Michael was kind of, you know, suggesting at was, is that it's important that these exist because it gives standardization to the industry and helps with the fragmentation that we see. Like yeah. every home and every unit is going to be different. We get that. And that's like cool part about industry and why people flock to it because they get to tell their story and their taste and their, their culture in different ways but i think like you know something like this gives that that structure it helps give a backbone to not just kind of putting random crap from different places all over and uh hoping that it fits together like yeah. it helps that I, yeah and one thing that's important to us is giving hosts optionality like why do we work with 200 brands because we want yeah. individual expression that come through in the property i think if you have every single property has the same soap and shampoo the same furniture, the same, like you can get this thing where it's like, wow, these all look like cookie cutter copies of each other. And I think one of the best parts about this industry is it's like art. It, it is really a form of self-expression, the design and the curation of these properties. And so we're like, here, here's a bunch of, you know, you could make a bazillion different kind of aesthetics and look and feel across all these brands. It doesn't have to be dominated by the Swedes at Ikea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's quickly jump into rapid fire. All right, cool. you, you go first. You lead the way today. Oh, man. All right. So, Mark, rapid fire question number one. Uh, if you had to pick on a travel destination for vacation, would it be the beach or the mountains? Uh, I'm a mountain. This I'm a mountain person. Yeah. This is where me and okay. my fiance are, are. We totally disagree. <laughs> but I like the mountains. Okay, if you had to choose a drink of caffeination, would it be coffee, Red Bull, or other? Other. And if you pick I'm, other, I'm, you have to explain. Uh, I'm a big, I like Earl Grey tea with honey. That's my my drink. Are you English? I'm not. I'm not, no. <laughs> this is a very English uh, thing that I do. If you had to pick a concert to go to, 
based off of these two genres, what would you pick? Hip hop and rap or country? Oh man. I would do hip hop and rap. Okay. And I would probably go for like nineties, like most staff or one of the sort of I guess now it's older, but the stuff that I listened to when I was growing up. Cool. All right. Um and last question will be if you are going if you and your fiance are going out to dinner, do you pick uh steak? pasta or maybe pizza steak steak cool yeah all right well that's my last rapid fire question (laughs) planes trains or automobiles planes yeah likewise uh (laughs) bootstrap vc or debt oh not that there's so much cash out there like it's just so risky i mean Depends on the cash model, but there's so much money in VC, like take someone else's money. I think debt can be really, really, really dangerous because it has covenants. So it just depends on how you're monetizing. But for us, like it's a tech company, we bootstrapped them, we raised some money. I'm going to say VC just because it allows you to go faster and accomplish a lot more. Um, Although I think getting on this VC, like people will like don't realize if you look at Amazon, I, I read this the other day, Amazon, Google, and Facebook raised less than 200 million combined before they went public. We forget that. Like all these mega round, 300, 500, 600 million. Yeah, like, like that, that I do not support. But getting a little money to get you started, but being really focused on profitability so you can control your destiny, I think it's the right way to do it. All right, last question. Uh, nightclub, tavern, or Netflix? Probably tavern. It's a good question. That is adding a good that one. one. To the, adding that <laughs> one to the list for a future. My nightclub days are behind me. I think, unfortunately. Fair enough. I think, I think I got cool. a few more appreciate, left. Appreciate you getting this today. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Seriously, appreciate yeah, it. it. Um, for everyone who is watching live, uh, go ahead check out everything in our show notes. But then anyone who's listening, watching the replay, we will plug in Mark. LinkedIn, Minoan, all that good stuff into the show notes. And we'll see you guys again next week when we jump in with Jamie Lane from AirDNA. And Mark, once again, my man, it's great to see you. And thanks for joining us.